What's up, guys? I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have hundreds of weekly listeners, and I want to make sure that everyone listening is hyper aware of how I can serve them best. So if you're interested in hiring me as your life coach or hiring me as your nutritionist, or maybe you just want to get some free advice, head over to lifecoachzack.com. Book a free 30-minute consultation, serious inquiries only. And I would love to ask you serious, open-ended, powerful questions that are going to help you pivot your life in a better direction. Let's co-create an action plan and really step in to the greatest version of ourselves. Here's the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life Coach Zach podcast. Uh, Today, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Chad Boshaw. Uh, doctor in physical therapy, really good friend of mine, actually, one of the leaders that was on the Hello Wellness retreat in Bali. We got to know each other really, really well. We had a ton in common between personal growth, ultra wellness, vitality, just living our best lives, stepping into the greatest version of ourselves each and every single day. Uh, it's a pleasure. Dr. Chad, how are you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you, Zach. I uh, appreciate the introduction. And yeah, we met, met at Hello Wellness, which was a great experience. And maybe we'll get a chance to dive into that a little bit today too. Absolutely. So how, first of all, how was Bali for you? Did you have a good time? Bali was awesome. I think, you know, I've done some other retreats in, in the past. And I, I think Hello Wellness has a very unique take on uh, wellness retreats in general. And I, I think they're really onto something that it allows a lot of people to tap into the the spiritual realm, but also just having really good balance uh, in your life in general. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, I had a good time too. And while we were there, just so everyone knows, I had Dr. Chad perform a chakra opening, chakra balancing session on me, a little bit of Reiki as well. And uh, there's a lot of breath work that was involved. It was, it was an incredible session. And um, so, Dr. Chad, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about the session, what your intentions were, and and what I received from that session. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my background is I'm a doctor of physical therapy, very Western trained as far as medicine. Um, my my more recently, the last six years, I've taken a lot of time studying Eastern medicine, uh, which heavily involves spirituality. Um, uh, energy medicine, energy clearing, so on and so forth, uh, inner child work. And so what I have kind of created on my own with taking all this, the Western and the Eastern side into um, my thought process is exactly what you mentioned. It is opening the energy channels, which are called chakras. Our bodies have what are called meridians. Meridians are basically highways that run through our body. That's how our energy channels um, you know, move the energy around our body. So our chakras think of as our, our energy generators, um, our powerhouses, there's seven different ones. And then off of those, we have our meridians, which helps that energy move through the body. So my take on, uh, it's a type of Reiki, but I'm also mixing in actual uh, sports massage with it. And so the first half of the treatment, I'm really first analyzing the chakras, see which ones are blocked, which ones are maybe too open, which ones are maybe a little bit more stagnant. Um, and then from there, I'm opening those up via the, the different practices of sports massage, Reiki. Uh, and then the second half of it, uh, we dive into more of breath of firework. So once the chakras are open, 
um, having the client do some pretty intense breathing technique. And that helps kind of flush out those energy systems and really ramps up um, the use of them. So basically think of it as one, cleaning out the car, the engine, and then two, putting some really high grade uh, oil or fuel into it and getting it revved up um, to work at a little bit higher level, more efficient. Absolutely. You know, it's awesome because that brings a whole nother dynamic to the mind body connection. This is like the mind body and spirit connection, right? We have our mental health, we have our physical health, and then we have our energetic or spiritual health. And these kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, some of the things that, you know, some feedback. After the session, I was so calm. I was so at peace. I didn't really have any words. I mean, no words uh, articulated eloquently enough can do what you performed on me justice because you know the effects of these types of practices whether it's meditation whether it's reiki healing whether it's um any of the stuff that we did with breath work and mindfulness the results are cumulative it's not linear you don't you don't get the 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 impacts and results from what you did it lasts for in perpetuity so consistently building on these practices so i'm going to ask you a question for me um what are some other things that i can do in my daily life to consistently build upon and prevent my chakras from being closed and making sure the energy is running through the meridians in my body as smoothly and as efficiently as possible yeah great question and i i get asked this a lot you know with with patients friends family um, you know, it's, it's just like any athlete, you know, that wants to perform at a higher level and especially if they're injured, it's not just, um, we work with a lot of high level athletes. It's not just, they want to be healed from their injury, but they want to know how can I one prevent injury, but also operate at a higher level. Right. Um, so from there, what we're doing is using that practice one to clear out some of the stagnant energy open up some of those channels that got blocked. Now, what can you do on a regular basis is taking care of your vehicle. And I often use the body, you know, as a, it's a vehicle, right? We are living within this vehicle. How, how can we make the vehicle more protected or run more efficiently? Um, There's a lot of different ways, you know, one is getting treatment, you know, as I provided for you, but as far as your own practice is really what's trying to connect with your subconscious mind is the way I go through it or your inner child. Um, ways of doing that is through meditation, calming the mind, connecting with your, your inner self. Um, you can do that through breath work. You can do that through Reiki. You can do that through acupuncture. There's a lot of, lot of different practices that help you connect with that inner self. As far as protection, um, we have a lot of different ways of protecting ourselves. So again, going back to the high-level athlete, how does a high-level athlete protect themselves from being hurt? Well, we often think about you know building up muscle, building up strength, having a high-level skill set that allows them to avoid issues. Right. Same way with the energy body, we can build up protection by taking care of our vehicle, putting really good nutrition in our body, so the body operates at a high level. When we don't put good nutrition in one, we don't have a great fuel source for it to operate on, but also we end up building fat. Um, We lower our metabolism. And through this process, our body then has to work harder in order to stay quote unquote healthy. That's typically where, you know, issues come in, whether it's a sickness, whether it's cancer, an autoimmune disease, 
Um, often depression and anxiety can step in at those times because of the chemical imbalances that we have in the body. So a way of protecting the body, proper nutrition. There's also ways of protecting the energy fields, right? When our, when our chakra system gets bogged down with unprocessed um, emotional trauma, the chakras literally start to close um, or the energy flowing through our body really starts to slow down. You know, being in California, it's a good example to use the 405 during rush hour. Literally nothing's moving. If we can open up the 405 or our energy channels, it becomes more efficient. You're able to get where you're going and a lot more efficient. You have less anxiety and all of that because the traffic is not there. Our body is the same exact way. If we can get these chakras to work at a higher level more efficiently, the energy is channeling through the body more efficiently, we have a lot better opportunity to protect ourselves, right? Mm. If our body is wore down, it's a lot harder to protect ourselves, right? You know, so there, there's a lot of practice of building up your energy shield, as some may call it. And there's a lot of very specific different practices, which, you know, could go off on a tangent for hours on those. Um, but nonetheless, it's taking care of your vehicle, taking care of your energy systems. And what is also linked to that is the, the mental aspect of that, right? If, if we have a lot of, you know, challenging thoughts, you know, negative, quote unquote, thoughts running through our, our mind, we're really putting that energy out there. And that can also cause the body to, to struggle with its protection and or just operating at a more efficient, you know, kind of standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very well said. There's so many uh, variables involved and there's so many different modalities that people can execute on to not only heal what they're going through now, but preventing future things um, in the future. So you, I, I love I love how you put that. Now, let me ask you this question. Tell us a yep. little bit how you've gone from you know, physical therapist, Western education, Western medicine trained to... This Ayurvedic, and I don't know if that is the the right word here, but more holistic Eastern me medicine, spirituality, natural healing, because you know physical therapists are people who help people that have just and correct me if I'm wrong, just had surgery, just went under the knife, big pharma or the doctors told them, hey, you know we got to cut you up. We got to repair your ACL. This is the only option you have. And we know there's other options here. We know there's right. other options here yeah. because getting surgery is not the only option we have. But tell us a little bit more about your story, about what and how you connected your Western education to now your Eastern philosophy. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, a great, great question. I get asked that a lot. And it, it, it really doesn't have anything to say negatively about Western medicine. I, I think they're in... Let me make this clear that Western medicine absolutely has its place. We, we've done a lot of great things in the medical field for helping people. However, with that, on that same note, I do feel that the Western medicine take on things is a retroactive approach and is often managing symptoms versus actually getting to the core of issues. And so as I went through my schooling at you know Central Michigan, USC, University of Cincinnati, the, did a sports fellowship. I, I really got you know some of the best knowledge in, in the country and the Western side of things when it comes to physical therapy and sports athletes more specifically. Um, and as I started practicing at a facility very well known in Orange County, California, 
uh, I started to realize that uh, I had a big void um, that was missing when it came to treating the entire individual. And, and from the very beginning, uh, I knew that I wanted to be a practitioner that takes the, the entire person in consideration when helping them with their injuries. If you have a torn ACL, it's not just that you are a patient with a torn ACL. No, it's you're an entire individual that has this injury going on that is affecting you as an entire individual. And so as I got, you know, a couple of years into practicing, I really noticed that, man, there's, there's a big part of the mental side of things and this kind of unspoken energy, spiritual side of things as well. And so when I started my company in 2015, it was literally like a light bulb went off in my head that I needed to do more as far as my education. And at that time, I really started to seek um, some of the, the areas and in some cases nationally and internationally best people in Eastern medicine. I really was pushed and drawn to the energy spiritual side of things. And through that, you know, I studied a lot of ancient cultures from all over the world and realized uh, at the core of their civilizations, there was a lot of energy work discussed, whether it was from a healing standpoint or whether it was just from an overall wellness standpoint. And that went off on various different tangents from discussing sound healing, so like frequency stuff, to, to art, to music. All of these things were incorporated into their cultures because it was a way that they got a lot of satisfaction out of living. And in, when it was needed, also they healed um, a lot of their issues from these different practices. And so as I went down that path, I started you know, working with a lot of different people, getting to understand some of these different treatments, again, whether it's, whether it's Reiki, sound bowl healing, uh, meditation, breath work, inner child work. Um, I started to see the results myself and it really, you know, I want to say change me as a person, but ultimately I think it connected me to who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And through that, I started to learn more about it. And then I went on, uh, you know, a path of, of seeking this information and, and learning it. And like I mentioned, studying ancient civilizations and traveling all over the world and seeing some of these different techniques being used. And I then started incorporating that into um, my practice here in, in Orange County at Repair Sports Institute. And I've seen the results firsthand with myself and, and again with my patients and have been very excited and very happy with those results. And I continue to, to learn more and implement more into our, our daily practice here. Amazing. And, you know... So one thing I admire about you is your humility, right? You're still in the beginning stages. You're still, even though you are so experienced and you have all the credentials and you've invested a ton of time, energy, and attention and money into your own personal growth, which I admire so much. And I think that was one of the things that you and I really had in common is, uh, is the humility aspect that, yo, we are still learning. We are still growing. We are still challenging ourselves. And the, the best way uh, to learn is to teach. And that's some of the things that you're really embodying right now as a leader yep. in your industry. Um, and to all the people that are listening, for all the people that are listening, uh, to really put it in layman terms and to keep this as simple as possible, what are some small action steps that they can take today to connect, to bridge that gap between Western medicine and Eastern medicine? Some micro tasks that they can execute on that you think would be really beneficial to anybody listening to this podcast today? 
Yeah, that again, another great question. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different things and I've touched on uh, several of those different things, but more from uh, a conceptual standpoint, it, it, it's a mindset, really. Um, understanding that in this world, we operate with a conscious mind most of the time. And, and I think most people can relate to um, that conscious mind often drifts very seldomly are we in the present, you know, being aware, living in the moment, as a lot of people say. And what that means is that then directs people more thinking about the future and or living in the past. What happens when we're often living in the future or living in the past is one, living in the future, we often come from a place of fear, right? What, what is tomorrow going to bring? Am I still going to have this job? Am, am I still going to be in this relationship? You know, or living in the past, uh, which could be regret, um, you know, resentment, you know, um, upset with yourself from decisions that you made. And when you're living in those two different realms, it causes a lot of emotion. And when it's causing these emotions, we often then live in those emotions and we identify with those emotions and we act out based on those emotions when we're able to subconsciously connect our conscious mind so our consciousness to our subconscious and which is more of our inner self not to go too deep on it um, we're more in alignment and that allows us to live more in the moment be more of a more aware of our surroundings be more present right. Right. and when we're able to do that we're able to live uh, and act out in, in less of a place of emotion. Yeah, sure, we still have emotions. Emotions are great. We, we need to have those emotions. Those emotions a lot of times protect us or they keep us happy or, or we have sadness. Those are all appropriate. And we should allow those emotions to be processed and to happen. But when we don't allow those emotions to happen or we don't process them, we bury them deep inside. Right. And that's where we often then, because of those unprocessed emotions, we live in the past or live in the future. So going back to some of the things I mentioned previously, the meditation, the Reiki, the breath work, those are tools to use to live more in the moment. Right. Those so tools allow us to process those emotions actively or reactively. Um, and to clear those emotions out of our body to then be more focused uh, on the present. And again, when we, talk, when we talked about earlier protecting ourselves um, and or being more connected, when we process those emotions as they should be, we don't hang on to them. That allows our chakra system to be more opened up. That allows our meridians to flow more, flow more smoothly and again, therefore, be more present and not coming from a place of emotion. Amazing. So the two things I got from that is consistently being present yeah. and doing deep emotional work. And yeah. it's it's very ironic that they both go hand in hand and they come yes. full circle because you ended that so perfectly in the sense that, you know, when you're more present, you're going to act less based on emotion. And when yeah. you're acting less based on emotion, you're going to be more present. So it's like, this, it's like this full circle. Um, and you know, there's, there's a ton of modalities that you could use to be more present, whether it's the breath work, I, I personally, and I know you would agree meditation is so important yep. to not only uh, practice consciously dropping into 
the present moment, but also being more of aware of your thoughts because your thoughts yep. create those emotions. So, you know, yeah. I, one thing that I, I talk about all the time and actually it, great way, great opportunity for me to mention you guys. I just dropped a 100 day meditation challenge on the Life Coach Zach app. So go ahead to lifecoachzach.app um, and get started on that 100 day meditation challenge. I take you through a uh, ton of different ways on how you can learn how to meditate and it will hold you accountable and keep you consistent to a daily meditation practice. So Chad, I want to uh, transition the conversation uh, to a little bit of uh, things that you've shared with me, with your transparency, your vulnerability, uh, yep. when it comes to uh, having your identity and acting uh, based off of a certain identity that your ego might hold into your mm-hmm. mind or your heart. And I know that your story is very interesting as as an athlete. Uh, and I believe you, you know, you had the injuries, transitioned yep. from that, leveraged all your knowledge and your experience into entrepreneurship, creating your own business as a doctor in physical therapy. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. Tell us a little bit about how your, mainly how your identity was impacted and how you use that to uh, get a little better along this journey yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So identity is, is something that is extremely important for, for this work. And as a society, it is completely normal for someone to, you know, come up to you and be like, so Zach, who are you? And most people will go, well, you know, I'm, I'm 30 plus years old. You know, I, I live in Florida. I am a life coach, so on and so forth. And those are all, yes, those are characteristics of you, but it's who are you, right? And my story goes to, um, you know, I grew up um, cornfield, middle of nowhere, Michigan, um, I was good at sports and I solely identified as an athlete. And there's nothing wrong with being an athlete and having that identity. However, that's ultimately not who I am. And I'll touch on why that can be um, cause some issues in people's lives when they so closely attach to an identity. So when I go off to college, um, you know, played college football for a very short period of time because of injuries. I was no longer able to. Um, and so I was no longer an athlete. So now I'm in undergrad, you know, for the first time on my own. Um, I'm no longer this identity that I associated myself with for so long. And that can cause a lot of turmoil. And a lot of times people are not sure then who they are. And it goes back to, you know, touching um, in with your inner self, like truly who is, you know, Dr. Chad, who is Zach and doing the inner work to figure out, you know, am I a good person? Am I a trustworthy person? Am I a loving person? Am I a charismatic person? And I'm not just an athlete. Sure. I like to play sports. Sure. In some cases, maybe you're good at sports. That is completely fine. But when, when the ego or, or your entire self attaches to an identity solely, that can cause a lot of issues. Um, and when those are taken away, um, that can really cause a lot of issues. And then people are really lost and not sure which way to go. So it really just tries to, you know, touching on identity just a little bit. It really goes back to making sure that you're, you're putting in the work to figure out who am I. Um, and again, using the different tools to touch base with who you are and ultimately not coming from and operating out of a place of emotion coming from a connected version of who you are. So your real attributes 
um, can be played out in your everyday life. Dr. Chad, your story is very similar to my story. You know, I was on Big Brother, came off the show with a lot of followers, people paying me for meet and greets, appearances, articles being written about me, and I identified as that person. Zach Rance from Big Brother 16, funny, young, good looking, smart, yada, yada, yada. But then when the next season came around, no one cared about Zach Rance from Big Brother anymore. And yeah. my identity was like stolen from my heart. So what are some things that people can do to make sure that they're identifying with who they are, not who their ego says they are? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a good one right there. I mean, again, it's from connecting with you, who you are on a, on a deep sense. And, and ultimately that, that first takes figuring out who you are on a deep sense, right? Like being often people are distracted, you know, they may, they may travel a lot and that's no, you know, bag on traveling or they may work a lot. Um, nothing wrong with working a lot unless it's not being a good balance with your life. But often people will overstimulate themselves because they're not necessarily happy with who they are as an individual inside. And that goes back to what people often do is attach themselves with this identity, this external identity as a business owner, as a reality TV star, or as an athlete. And, and, and that becomes unstable. And that's not ultimately who they are. So different, uh, again, tools, how can you avoid doing that? You know, the biggest one is really putting in the time and the effort to figure out who you are. And in a retreat that I've done in Costa Rica, that was the first part of the entire retreat was asking, show me who I am. And the, the, the premise of that is taking a moment, checking in, who are you? Am I a trustworthy person? Am I a loving person? Is there things that I could get better at, you know, sitting in that humility and truly figuring out who you are is, is first and foremost. And that, that can take a while and it's not necessarily easy because you really have to sit down with yourself and figure those things out. But that ultimately is the, the first step of this process. If you're not willing to sit and figure out who I am um, and then who you want to be, you know, the next part of that, um, it, it's really challenging to not attach yourself to an identity. Right. You know, there's so many, there's so many levels to this because you know, the person is, can do and will do everything you said about asking yourself those questions. Who am I? What are my personality traits? What can I get better at? What am I doing wrong? Like, what are some of, you know, my negative habits, yada, yada, yada. But yep. most people, and we know this, Dr. Chad, most people aren't honest with themselves. Right. Most people lie to themselves and not to pivot the conversation in that sense, but you know, there, there are so many, I want to make sure that the audience is getting as much value from this conversation as possible. So that for the people that are listening on Apple, Spotify, Audible, and to the people that are watching on YouTube, first of all, thank you so much for giving me your attention and sticking around towards the end of this podcast. But, uh, you know, the first question is really asking yourself, like Dr. Chad said, who are you as a person? Not what you do, not how old you are, not the skills you have, because we all know we can sharpen skills, we can learn new things. Who are you as a person? What do you care about? What are you bringing? What energy you know, are, are you surrounding yourself with? And then being honest with yourself, because we all have weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. so, so can you piggyback off of that a little bit, Dr. Chad? Yeah, yeah. So again, sitting down with yourself and identifying and, and really truly listening to your, your inner self, your inner child. And, and it's not running away from what your ego tells you. It's, it's I, I hear that a fair amount is 
not listening to your ego, blocking out negative thoughts. And we've talked about this before. It's not necessarily the blocking out the negative thoughts or blocking out your ego. It's not letting your ego or those negative thoughts run the vehicle, right? The ego is an important, very important, you know, tool that we've been gifted to help protect us. Um, and over the years, thousands of years, it's, it's allowed us to survive. But what in the more modern times, the ego tends to want to drive the vehicle. And that's when we get into some, some challenging places. So to, to reiterate is not to block out or shame the ego. It's more to listen to the ego, get along with the ego, but at the same time, let the ego know you are not driving this vehicle. You are in the back seat. Uh -huh. And I greatly appreciate the information that you're giving me, but you're not driving the boat. You know, you're not driving the car. And, right. and when you're able to, again, sit down with yourself, identify who you are, you know, appreciate and listen to the ego, but not allow them to drive the car you will be in a lot better position in order to be in the moment and not operate from a place of emotion. Yep, you're absolutely right. Because that ego is never going away. No, your ego is going to want to crave more your egos want to it wants to judge other things or judge other pe people your ego wants to identify with your property or your clothes or your car or your likes and followers on Instagram. It's always going to be there. But just like you said, Acknowledging the ego, having a conversation with the ego, keeping that ego in check. The ego is not driving this car. You are driving this car and and really keeping that in check. So what's what's an action step that people that are listening can take to make sure they're keeping their ego in check? Because I need to hear this too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a good good one. And first and foremost is is building a relationship with your ego realizing that you know though that inner voice in your head is is ultimately not who you are that inner voice are our thoughts the, it could be emotions it could be protection um it could be a fear factor and one identifying those thoughts that that's what they are that it is the ego talking it's not ultimately who you are starts to build a relationship with the ego and from building a relationship, you can then better understand why your ego speaks up when it does, um, maybe when it's a bit too quiet. Why is it too quiet? And then from there, you can start to have more of a symbiotic relationship. And, and, and I, I don't like to use the word control, but really it does come down to being able to control the ego to not, again, allow it to be driving the car more of of a warning signal or, a, you know, thanks for that information kind of side note versus it being the, the ruler of your vehicle. And, and so it really starts with developing a relationship and, and ultimately that can happen through meditation. When you're sitting in meditation, trying to calm the mind, if, if the mind is just going off in different directions, typically that is the ego. It's trying to think about the future and run with fear or it's trying to think about the past and, and have regrets. And at that point in time, it, it really can be, and I, and I personally do it vocally, because um, I think that has a little bit more of a, an effect, but talking to your ego and be like, well, you know, thank you for those thoughts of the future. Or thank you for those thoughts of the past. But right now I want to sit in the moment and those thoughts or emotions do not serve me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I greatly appreciate for that information, but right now I'm going to sit in peace 
and thank you. And, and I'm grateful for those thoughts. But right now, this is what we're doing. And right. in, in most cases, boom, it shuts off. Now, it, it, especially if you're doing it at the beginning and you're first developing a relationship, it can come right back. But if you are in that cycle of building that relationship and having those conversations, you will, in a short period of time, really, it's a consistent practice, but in a short period of time, you can start having better control of those thoughts and, and ultimately your ego. Absolutely. That's uh, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I would frame that everything you said, I wouldn't change a thing, but that's just conscious, like being yep. conscious, yep. like seeing your ego, talking to your ego, being able to exercise your free will to do yep. the opposite of what your ego says. If that's what, you know, yep. your choice and action aligns with your value value yep. is called for you to do. But Dr. Chad, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to hop on the podcast. Say this is nothing short of a great pleasure, uh, a good friend. And I love catching up to all the people that were listening on Apple, Spotify, Audible, or watching on YouTube. Thank you so much uh, for listening and watching. Head over to lifecoachact.com for all uh, media, more videos, and all the things like that. Dr. Chad, uh, thank you so much, my man. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, Zach. And for anyone that's interested in, in a little bit more about what we do to it on Instagram, we're Repair Sports. Uh, we uh, put out you know regular information and we're happy to help you guys. But definitely thank you for having me on, Zach. It was a great pleasure of mine as well. Absolutely. And to all the people on YouTube, I'm going to drop uh, the URL to Dr. Chad's website uh, and all the places that you can find him. So no worries on that. Dr. Chad, uh, look forward to talking again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you.